All right, let's try this. This is the voiceover for movie trailer. Take one. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. You're listening to Trailer Trashed on the Merry-Go-Round Magazine Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, C.J. Simonson and Kate Brockman. Hello, and welcome to Trailer Trash on the Merry-Go-Round Magazine Podcast Network, the podcast where trailers get the fair and honest criticism they deserve after a day of drinking. Oh my god, CJ is just like crushing this beer right now. Woo! I'm Kate Brogdon. I'm the TV. You 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 cramped my flow, my friend. Woo! Crushing it! Crushed. Good old-fashioned holy work. It is crushed. It is crushed. Feel free to use it. Anyway, if you're wondering who I am, I'm Kate Brogdon. I'm the TV editor of Breaker Run Magazine, and I'm joined as always by... I'm CJ Simonson. I'm the music editor, or I fancy myself as one anyway. And resident beer crusher. Well, because yeah. I, I saw you just, like, totally annihilate that beer. I'd about. And then I got distracted by the Grateful Dead bear yeah. on your other beer. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh... <laughs> I know a music or two. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking... This is this is relevant. This beer is relevant for a um, number. Oh, wait, of who who are you, real quick? I just said I'm CJ Simonson. Oh, you did? Editor. Okay, cool. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're good. Um, if you need to know, I'm CJ Simonson. I'm the music. Just um, for me. So yeah, this is a, a notable beer for a number of reasons. At least as we're recording it, and probably in the future. Uh, the week that this comes out, I will have been at a Grateful Dead show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's I- a surprise. Plan some shit out. Um, anyway, they just played Hollywood Bowl, and uh, I will have been there, so that's exciting. Oh my god, do I have the hiccups already? Oh, you've never had them on the pod. Oh yes, you? I have. Oh, have you? Oh, oh my god. Oh yeah, I had it on um, pretending to masturbate on the episode where I blacked out. Oh, that's right. You're right. When I was trying to do the ad reads, and I had the hiccups. That's right. You're right. Yeah, then then it came up. Um, the other th- reason that this is a notable beer is this is by Dogfish Head. Um, Dogfish Head, uh, at least the week that we're recording this, and you can look up all this news, uh, was just acquired by uh, Boston Beer Company, uh, who mm. do Sam Adams. Um, oh. It, not acquired, sorry. I keep saying that, and that's not true. They merged with. Uh, mm. It was a $300 million deal. Isn't that um, kind of the same? Well, it wasn't like Boston Beer Company bought them they, they was i mean i don't think agreement. you can do that like i don't think that you can just swoop into a company that doesn't want to be sold and just buy buy them i think well that, they it, it, that's the thing is it's not like they didn't want to be sold it sounds like right dogfish had wanted to partner with someone right so they probably to get their they stuff bought out them out yeah technically i'm told dogfish head is still independent beer i don't know how that works I don't, it's clearly I also, not. Isn't Sam Adams owned by like Coors or something? It's shit? not. Sam Adams is its own entity, which, really? which is very interesting in a number of ways. I don't think that. I think based on the way that the metrics, uh, this is going to sound so dumb. And someone, please correct me. Send me a message or do something. Um, I believe the way the metrics work, uh, uh, Dogfish Head, or Sam, or sorry, Sam Adams. Is like makes too much beer per capita. Like the, the amount of beer that they produce puts them outside of the ability to put like a stamp on it that says independent beer. But they're not owned by an insanely large conglomerate. They're their own thing. They just happen to be incredibly successful. It's kind of like how Fat Tire, or sorry, uh, New Belgium is technically a, a one of the largest, most successful 
beer manufacturers, and they're everywhere, but they are technically craft independent beer, even though they're their own thing. But they started so early. If you think about Sam Adams has been around forever. You know, I mean, New Sam Belgium Adams Street. has been around since, like, 1776. Correct. Like, the dawn of our nation. Correct. But as, like, an actual, like, uh, business Beers venture. Beers and lagers. Yes, yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So, yes, I'm drinking an American Beauty, which is, of course, uh, uh, a Kevin Spacey movie we don't talk about much anymore. And then talk also... Talk about the movie. We just don't talk about Kevin Spacey anymore. True. Uh, paper bag or uh, plastic bags and whatnot. And then also uh, a Grateful Dead song. And so... This is Dr. Chet and the Grateful Dead present. It's got the That's little bears idea. on it. It's got the bears. They, they're crushing, crushing oh, some bruises. Oh, look at that. Um, I, am, I am not a full deadhead, but uh, the last uh, year and a half has definitely pushed me in that in that arena. So I figured I could see myself time? getting into that more. It's good. It's vibey. I don't listen to music. I'd only listen to podcasts. That's good music to just throw on. Yeah. Put it up, put it up baby. And also what go we to listen the show to? I listen, I had a, the fuck up. I had a really great time imbibing some substances and listening to Miles Davis over Love the Miles holidays. Davis. Oh, yeah. yeah that nope. was good. What that record? was good. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> it was just, we had a running gag going where he was just going like, like just on the trumpet. And we had a bit going where it's like... On the trumpet. He doesn't play the trumpet. I don't know. Whoever I'm the totally fuck it joking. was. I'm totally joking. He does play the trumpet. Thank God. CJ, you can't do this to me. <laughs> you seem so sincere, but you're a liar. I thought that would be funny. It worked. Um, but yeah, the bit was like, Miles, like, you have to, like, you have, you can't just stand here and play the trumpet. You have to go move your car. You're blocking us. You're blocking someone in the driveway. What, you know, one of those things that only makes sense when you've been doing a lot of substances and then you laugh and then you try to explain it to someone and it's not funny anymore. It is mostly funny you bring up Miles Davis because Dogfish Head also has a beer based on Miles <gasps> Davis's What? Music. Was I on point? Weirdly. Oh God. You stumbled the fuck into it. Oh my god, I did a music! And I also have a weird beer story about it, which <gasps> is that uh, one year I did a beer exchange for... I, I did a, a beer and gift exchange for a, a Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. I'll make it fast. Uh, and it was basically like a kind of a reverse CD kind of white elephant. Like, you basically just showed... You were given parameters for the gift. You So they were all the same kind of thing. So everyone had the same types of shit. Right. You had, a, you had a, an amount of money you could spend. You showed up, and then you drew the you drew the thing, right? You drew the name. Correct. And so my friend Nate, one of my best friends in the world, uh, who will probably be on this podcast, he does special effects and a bunch of other shit, uh, came, he came with a, a bottle of Bitches Brew. Bitches Brew is one yeah, of Yeah, my... yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the Hunter S. Thompson one, right? Uh, what? Wasn't there, like, Hunter S. Thompson artwork on that one? No. Bitches uh, Brew. No. This is the thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not full of shit. Uh, maybe. I Steven no was into it. Boyfriend Ambulance liked yeah, yeah. this beer. It was like a dog. Like a fucked up looking dog. That's Flying Dog Brewing. Does all the... It, the they work with the, the guy that does all the artwork Okay, then I'm Thompson. thinking of something else. Continue. Bitches Brew. Yeah, there is a dog one, though. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. No, bi- uh, but Bitches Brew is is an album by Miles Davis. Um, I'll make it fast. Uh, and it's really good. Uh, but, no, please. Take your time. But I got the beer... Uh, he gave it to me, and it was insane. Miles Davis gave it to you? Well, no, no, Nate gave it to me. Nate did not know, even though we were, you know, we're best friends, one of the best of friends, had no idea that not I... Not your best friend. Well, I hate, I hate using the, you know, you, then you pitch it yourself, <laughs> it's a whole thing. He, he didn't know that I love, love, love this record. I have it on vinyl, it's one of my ten favorite albums of all time. I wow. absolutely love this record. He had no idea. What are the odds, you know, we had like 15, 20 people there, like that... 
I was going to get his thing. He had no idea. That's so I get it, man. I then buy two more bottles of it and then I keep it. I'm like, we're going to, with Eddie, former guest of the pod, uh, I was like, we're going to drink these together. We waited three and a half years. I moved houses. I moved places. Like things happened. I had to reacquire beer. We just kept them forever. Finally drank them. You know, that's a good beer. No idea. (laughs) After all that. (laughs) No idea if it's what it was supposed to taste like as we kept it for three and a half years and aged it for four years. I don't even remember um, and now they've finally reissued it, but also a Dogfish Head beer. Uh, they do a music series, and that was one of those beers. And you can now buy uh, six packs. Uh, before it was just big bombers, so it's insane that you would bring up Miles Davis as of the like seven or eight artists that Dogfish Head has ever made a beer of. Miles Davis is one of them, and I love Miles Davis. So see, I'm getting it. If you're ever in a vinyl place and you're trying, uh, you know, a record store <laughs> in the vinyl zone. Well, if you're trying to find used records specifically, a good one to always try and find is Sketches of Spain. Great Miles Davis record. You can easily find it. Um, and uh, I wish and I knew which cheap. one I was listening to, but I was... I do too. I had had a lot of soda that day. Right. And uh, I was feeling a little, like, hopped up on sugar, and I can't quite remember mm. all that all that soda I had in Palm Springs over a I long weekend. I hear you. Yep. Well, we got to pay the Pied Piper. Oh, a I don't. Bit of a shot. I don't want to. Are you sure the Pied Piper's here? I don't hear him. Uh, all I can think of are weird uh, Silicon Valley references. So do, I got do, nothing do, for do, you. Do, do, do. Oh no, I hear the Pied Piper. Go, go away, Pied Piper. Oh no, he's here. It kind of sounds like a Grateful Dead song at this point, but we should just uh, do the okay. thing. You're doing tequila. I'm doing whiskey. Yep. The Cheers to all of it. Oh, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. I did it. That's a bummer, man. I meant to go get, like, shooters before I came over here, and I didn't have time because I was too busy getting drunk at brunch. Classic. Classic me. We have two big ones to talk about. I think we should start with the lesser of the two and then jump into the bigger I think so, too. Let's, like, tease them into it. We'll tease them into it. Uh, The first one is uh, HBO's Watchmen. We are no one... We are everyone, and we are invisible. We convinced ourselves that they were gone, but they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. All police. Are we safe? I guess we have ourselves a reckoning. What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. This is a comic book. It was uh, a graphic novel. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Alan Moore, uh, have you read Watchmen? I read parts of it. It was one of those things where I think like a boy gave it to me in high school and was sounds, like, "You've got to read Watchmen." And I got great. like, I got like 50 pages into it because I liked this boy, yeah. and then gave up. I love Watchmen. 
one of my favorite reads. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I'm one of those people where, like, I read, I was into the manga thing when I was in high school. I I never got into that. I did. But with, like, the, um, I can do the manga thing. But with the American graphic novel, quote unquote, it's just, it's pretty much like a 50-50 balance between art and text. Sure. And for me, it just, something about it just short circuits my brain. I just need to wrap my head around it a little more. And as like a horny 15-year-old, it just wasn't my bag. I did see the movie, though. There, Okay. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts on that? Zack Snyder's uh, 2008, I want to say? I think my take was, like, at the time, it's like he tried really hard. Like, I think he did the best job that anyone could do to make Alan Moore happy. But it was just never going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like lots, lots of lots of things here, right? Alan right? Moore will never be happy. No, he'll <laughs> never be happy. The whole thing is like I don't want anyone to adapt it. Of course, and people keep it. trying to do it. So I, like, what I, are we? You know, like you you pretty much can't even judge it by that standpoint anymore. Like how loyal it is to the comic book because Alan Moore never wants it to be adapted. He just doesn't. He's like, no, I don't want this. But that, people keep doing it anyway. That's a big part of it. I, I also think it was kind of at a. And this is going to sound super weird, because if you didn't live it noticing it, I, it would be very hard to kind of reinterpret, I would imagine. But at the moment, you know, Zack Snyder was on an upswing. Like, like 300 was yeah! a big movie. and 300, 300 is dope! And 300 is honestly dope. And I think that... that I love that movie. That kind of gets lost in the history of all this. There's a very hot take where... Um, 300 is like kind of a chick flick Mm. because it's got a badass female lead at the core it is a love story and it's it's just full of jared butler jared butler it's just got a bunch of hot shirtless dudes running around and doing feats of strength it's like this is a great movie for like you know traditional female values that they want to see in films it's like hot dudes and well, romance not, and badass women and like, twitter wasn't yeah. a thing in that moment but i 100 percent imagine the thirst trapping that would have been posted oh absolutely yeah, all those guys were insanely attractive and oh i, my rem- God, and I yeah. remember seeing it I, in fact i, I mean I, even fucked up hunchback guy like get at me to be yeah. perfectly honest <laughs> he's ambitious he has goals get at her get at me uh <laughs> but so in that moment i think it's it's really hard to explain that like Zack snyder doing watchmen was a big deal like it made sense like he had already taken a comic adaptation like he was very stylized uh it was a good cast yeah it was a great cast jackie earl haley as rorschach was fucking awesome like jackie earl haley was in a moment also in a moment of upswing too because he had just gotten a nomination for uh little children for supporting actor and he was great um and 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 I don't know. It was, it's weird to put into words that Zack Snyder was a real commodity. And now it's right. like, God, Zack Snyder tanked the whole DC thing. But yep. like, and he's a punchline. But at the moment, at it was the a big time, deal. At the time, it was as good as anyone could have done with this property. And I also thought. at that moment, I think, I think Watchmen was one of the most watched Thursday night preview movies ever. Um, it was a big deal because at that point it, it wasn't like they started at seven. It was like you had to watch it at midnight. It was a big deal. Like people yeah. gave a shit. This is a big deal. And so much of it was like frame for frame from the comics. Like yes. of course they had to condense this like Ex- 500 page Except novel. for the ending, right? Except and that's where people always get really weird about it is the ending in the comic is pretty surrealist in a way that I think works in the in the actual like, you know... Uh, in between the frames and I don't think it necessarily works in the movie like you have you would have to really stretch your imagination for it yeah um this 
franchise is by Damon Lindelof. I don't know how you feel about him as a person. I'm shrugging. I don't know. <laughs> Weirdly, I think the same boy that I wanted to fuck at the time gave me, like, the DVD box set of Lost. Sure. And, like, made me watch it. And I watched, like, season one and then, like, two episodes of season two and gave up. So you're not a Losty. I'm not a Losty. I'm not, like, opposed to Lost. I just think at the time it wasn't my bag. I feel like if Lost came out today, I'd be very into it. I have a mixed bag with Lindelof. Uh, I love Lost. I, I, I unapologetically love Lost. I think it, it, it was tasked with an insane thing. And if you were to look at the bad moments of Lost versus how they probably would have done it in the modern TV sphere, I think it would be very different. It would be considered one of the best shows that ever existed. I think, unfortunately, yeah. it was... It like, was, if, if Lost was a Netflix original series, course. everybody would be losing their goddamn it, it, it was saddlebagged with the idea that they had to make network television in the way that we traditionally think about network yeah. television. And they were even, and you can even hear interviews mm-hmm. where they're like, look, ABC told us to make 24 episodes. And it's like that's not a show that's yeah. suitable for that. Well, I think Lost is, like, the most <laughs> viewed pilot of all time. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Like, on broadcast. And, like, there were metrics where when it started, like, between the first commercial break and when it came back, yeah. there was, like, a huge uptick of viewership because Correct. everybody was, like, calling their friends to be like, you got to turn on your TV right. and watch Lost right now. Well, but I watched the DVDs. I had the DVD box set from the boy that I liked, and it just, like, eh, I don't know. It, Prometheus? Not a Prometheus person either? I don't think I saw it. Yeah, so Prometheus is, I think, where Lindelof, like, it's it's a little bit of Emperor's Close situation. off Lindelof. It's Something, close. You're somewhere there. Something's percolating. Give me a couple minutes. Did you watch Leftovers? I am not a big leftovers person, but I know that everybody loves it. I watched the first season. I liked it. I'm told that two and three are very, very good. It's on my hit list. Uh, video uh, games editor Ed Dutcher loves, loves the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, loves the leftovers. People freak out about it. I, I'm and, and I get why HBO would want to continue being in service with him because Watchmen and him make a lot of sense. They do make sense. Opinion. And HBO and Watchmen makes a lot of sense. Of course, yeah. Like the most like prestige prestige television and this looks like it makes sense it does um this takes place after the graphic novel uh clearly there's been some kind of you know there's a little bit of kickback in terms of we don't see heroes i think the heroes are suiting up for their first time um uh where they all exist in the world i i, I have no idea i mean the, like rorschach clearly has had a large impact on the world as, yeah. as we see a lot of them with their masks and doing a thing, um, but it's it's a snappy trailer. It's a, it's 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 a snappily cut trailer. Yeah, and this feels like the right time for a Watchmen. Like right as Avengers is kind of wrapping up, it feels like the right time culturally for Watchmen to be coming back into the consciousness. Right. Yeah, they have the quote where it's like, "We are we are no one. We are everyone. We are invisible." Ooh. Oogie boogie. Woogity woogity. They did it. I think it looks cool. I mean, like, this I, looks th- cool. I think so much of both, and I, you know, I don't remember if I talked about this on the first episode, because I don't know if we talked a lot, or our zero episode, I should say, because I don't remember if we talked a lot about TV stuff, but one of my favorite TV trailers of all time is the Leftovers teaser, mm. which is fucking insanely good, uh, with the James Blake song, and just really well cut. Uh, 
one of the best TV trailers genuinely of, of my of all time, I think. And I think that this doesn't hit that high, but I, I do think that like it, it incites a certain kind of like this has the potential to be huge. Well, yeah, because HBO is just like, what's going to be the new thing? Of course. It's really hedging its bets on a bunch of stuff right Throwing now. Throwing lots of shit at the wall. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, HBO, like, fuck. If there's any network that I trust to just, like, make good content, it's HBO. And I like, think- HBO has a pretty excellent batting record in terms of all their stuff, like... I remember back in college, I was applying for an internship at HBO, and I was just thinking back on all the shows that I like, and I mean, like, hell, like, True Blood, which I've mentioned many times on this podcast, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, and, like, all these really, and like, I mean, Game of Thrones, obviously, just all these really formative shows for me that have really shaped my content consciousness, if you will, have, have been HBO shows. Well, they're so, the like, forefront of all of it. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I, like, Sex in the City, even, which launched this whole, like, we're in our 20s in, in X metropolitan city trying to figure it out. Like, oh my God, they've been the cutting edge of content for so long. Well, there's yeah, there's something to be said about the fact that I think HBO beyond, you know, the four standard network, like genuine networks. And I guess you could make an argument of Fox in the late 80s, early 90s. But like HBO was the first important, genuinely important network to emerge outside of those four yeah. In totality. Like, like, and obviously a lot of networks quickly followed, but HBO remained a, a golden standard. And I think that, like... Isn't in- fucking The Sopranos HBO also? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the first, The Wire, like, The Sopranos, yeah, Rome. The, yeah, like, most widely accepted, Deadwood. like, this is when peak yeah. TV started. No, of course, yeah. I mean, HBO. They, yeah, they kicked off Prestige TV. They Absolutely. did. So I, I trust HBO. Well, and they're interested in this property. Oh, which absolutely. Which I think says a lot. So. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this will be kind of cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I, I think, I think so much of it will revolve around the idea that they have to make this its own original thing that exists in its own yeah. atmosphere, and not it does not revolve around the idea that you have to right. go buy a graphic novel because while it's sitting on my shelf, I, I don't think that the average person is going to go shit, fuck yeah, like gotta go buy Watchmen. You know, yeah, like, they're not going to do well, it. Well, also they really hedged their bets on Westworld, which ended up kind of farting out, right. like which kind of nobody expected. Yeah, I mean, like it's going to keep going. It seems like a kind of four season and done kind of situation. I loved season one of Westworld, but season it. two, I was just like not interested. I, I that being said, I did watch season one of Westworld when I was like drugged out for a month after i had my ankle surgery <laughs> i think i think westworld unfortunately like is was kind of given the world and expected to make it happen. the west world the west world and make it happen and i think that lindelof at this point with his relationship with hbo is kind of aware of the idea that things have to have low stakes yeah and so that will probably help in a lot of ways and that like when we think about any of the great great tv shows of the 2000s and 2010s like they were given very little stakes yeah. And then they were, and then they grew into being big shows. Yeah, even I mean, HBO. like think about like The Office, right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Even Game of Thrones, even even, even Game of Thrones, even, yeah, you're right. Especially Breaking Bad, like those shows. When you mm. look at their first one or two seasons, tend to be fairly small, and then all of a sudden they became big. And I think that that's Lindelof tried to do it with The Leftovers, and I think unfortunately it just always stayed small. And so now yeah. it's like whatever. Here's your budget. You do the thing, and if it turns into the big, that's a smarter approach. Yeah. We're not talking about this today, but I feel like Barry is kind of going that way. Of course, yeah, Barry. Uh, yeah, I'm only three. Uh, 
current I haven't catering. watched any of it, and I know that I'm going to love it. Oh, Barry's great. Barry is definitely the... That's what I've heard. The, the, because the, everybody, the, like, it's starting to, like, see on Twitter, you know... Yeah. People are starting to like talk about it. It, as a it helps that it's being mentioned in similar conversations with Game of Thrones, one hundred percent. But I would also say that like Barry's a situation where it's like a show that like has taken a lot of the identity of Dexter and figured out a way to make it slightly tighter, slightly better, and take a lot of the thrills. And I also just love too. Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader. I also love uh, the uh, the man, the the bald guy. With yeah, the him. Yeah, he is. Uh, deserves to be nominated for an Emmy and I forget his name but he's mm-hmm. fucking so good um, yeah. anyway good. HBO love you trust you live your life crushing it this seems good if I had to pick one network to do this property it would probably be HBO so I'm glad that we're here it'd be this or FX for me so, yeah, yeah oh remember. FX would also be good but yeah. with FX it would be like a limited series I think HBO has the ability to kind of really like pump it to the FX is definitely laid into the the limited model. Well, because they're all like they're like Ryan Murphy central now. <laughs> Correct. It was that and Kurt Sutter for a while, and then I think they finally pulled out. And so Louis C.K. But yikes! Yikes! Uh, well, speaking of yikes, let's jump into <laughs> nice segue. Well yep. done. That's why they pay me the zero dollars uh, for <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. energy surge knocked out power across the entire Pacific Northwest. This needs someone who can figure out exactly what we're dealing with. You're not suggesting who I think you're suggesting. We have no choice. What the? Are you in charge here? Yes, I am. Nope! I'm wrong. I'm in charge. Allow me to clarify. In a sequentially ranked hierarchy based on level of critical importance, the disparity between us is too vast to quantify. Agent Stone? The doctor thinks you're basic. Listen, pal, I don't know if you realize who- I'm sorry, Major. What was your name? Benny. Nobody cares. Oh, boy. Um, where to begin? I have genuinely as many notes on this as I have had for most of the movies we've ever done. We could start with the main note. The character design? <laughs> why does he look like that? Why, do- why does he look like that? We should say, you know, obviously, like, Kate and I do this podcast on uh, a little bit of a, a snap count, and uh, and we're a little bit late to discussing it in several ways. One of those ways being that, like, in days after this trailer dropping, the director came out and was like, "Fuck this, we'll we'll do this better." But the thing is, yes, you can't really. At, I mean, you can. At, you can, but at this point in the game. If you're not going to push the release date back from November, like, you can't just build a new character model and plop it into the movie. That's not how that works. Yes. They would basically have to redo the whole film. So what they're actually able to do, they can make, like, some changes to the face, 
but if they change the body shape drastically, that right. fucks up all of their cinematography that they've done. Yeah, th- think about a-, a good example of this would be the sequence in this trailer in which all the missiles are coming to him. And right. consider how much you would have to redesign just the fun- foundation of that scene because the Sonic that we all knew and grew up with is significantly shorter, I think. Yeah. Uh, just is a different type of character and would have to be reformed in that sequence. Yeah. He would look completely different. That's just not... Unless they want to really throw this movie back into the workshop and push the release date out by about a year. Right. Like, they can't fix it. And here's the thing about the Sonic franchise. Great. Lay it on me. Sonic fans are used to shitty things. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that any franchise has been as long-suffering and as tolerant and as stick with it as Sonic franchise. Sega, a very known, and they're very caring. The Sonic games, a lot of them are bad. And not just bad, like, this is kind of bad. Bad, like, this game isn't finished. Right. And, like... In a way, it's kind of on brand for the Sonic movie to just be a huge trash fire, right? The character design does not make sense, and it really speaks to just, like... I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before, where it's just execs just can't figure out how to crack video game movies. And I haven't seen Detective Pikachu yet. Me either. But it seems... Because the reason why Detective Pikachu works is because it, it... it capitalizes on this this fantasy of living in a world of Pokemon. The wonderment of Yeah, the, the wonderment possibility. of it. Right. Whereas like what are the things that make the Sonic franchise cool? Check. What are what are yeah. the things that make Sonic work? And it's that like it's the fast movement, it's all the cool visuals, it's all it's very it's very game oriented. So the Sonic franchise is already something that's kind of difficult to translate into a film. Right, like I, I wrote down and circled rings, right? Like the, right. the rings in the games represent a type of currency in terms of score, but also like kind of They're like, your life. They're your life. And it's like the rings here don't seem to represent anything other than a kind of... Sim- uh, well, they're not actually... Like, feature- hey, this is a thing. Right, they're not actually really even featured in the trailer all that much beyond like the Paramount logo suddenly instead of the yeah. stars. Is and the this. noises. And the noise. They pump in all of the video game sound effects. And right there is kind of a miscalculation of like what they actually mean to, right. the, to the franchise. Which like, again, is a very difficult thing to capitalize in terms of story. I, and I'm not, I, I think this, all this is to say that I think that like, it's not a franchise that I think is obvious. Like, if you're Paramount and you're looking to make this movie... I, I don't, why a live action movie? Why a live action movie and also why this property specific? Beyond the fact that it's one of the big video game franchises, I think there are some video game franchises we right? can look at and say, oh, that maybe doesn't work. It's kind of like the idea that if Nintendo right now were to make a Super Mario Brothers movie, that'd be a bad idea because like it just doesn't seem, again, in, a, in the similar way that it's a, a platforming world and it just right. isn't necessarily a movie that feels like it would work. But if you made a Metroid movie, it'd be like, fuck yeah, yeah, that seems cool. Like, I'm down to watch that. And it's kind of that similar thing where it's like, oh, you should just look at a different property. Like, uh, the issue here tends to be that I think people miscalculate the way that video games should be interpreted in the film. Yeah. I would totally be here for an animated Sonic movie. I think that would be dope. 
And I, I think, and, and don't get me wrong, I think there are ideas here that kind of are interesting. I actually think this looks like vintage Jim Carrey in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. Absolutely, 100%. I totally agree. He looks like he's having fun. He's very over the top. Uh, Does he look like he's having fun? Sure. I, I mean, I think I think he's getting to do the, like, chew the scenery comedy stuff that I don't think a lot of studios or movies have allowed him to did do. Did you watch Kidding? I, have, I did not watch Kidding. I wanted to. Oh. I heard it was good. Yeah, I heard he it was good. He got nominated for an Emmy for it, didn't he? Uh, I have no idea. He was at the Emmys. Mm, I think so. The movie might have been. I have no idea. <laughs> but, but I think that, like, you know, this is like 90s Jim Carrey. This yeah. is like the Jim Carrey that you remember where it's like he's playing an over-the-top guy. Before he got in a Twitter war with Benita Mussolini's granddaughter. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, before he just started painting things and putting them on Twitter. like You know, Jim Carrey has really been going through it. He has, but he also picked roles for the most part that are like, and you know, I love Eternal Sunshine, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But like, I, I think he picked a lot of dramatic roles in an intense, like an intense way to pivot. And I think that this, in a lot of ways, even though the movie looks bad, is the kind of role that he... It's a masky kind of role, you know, yeah. for lack of a better phrase. Like, he he is doing this over-the-top, like... It, you see that when he meets the general. It's like, it's like, like let me tell you what's up. Yeah. He's just, he, he's just insane. Yeah. And I think that the thing that you really always liked about Jim Carrey is that he is an insane person. And now it's just like his insanity feels tangible before it yeah. seemed like cinematic. Yeah, now it's like, oh, Jim Carrey in real life is just like an insane person. <laughs> yeah, Jim Carrey in real life, my f- least favorite Steve Carell movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there are a hundred. I mean, the Gangsters Paradise needle drop is Gangsters Paradise. Why would that be your choice? This is a I, children's movie. I literally thought, like CJ, I'm not joking. I'm like, this is fake. Yeah. Like, this is an error. Bow, bow. Bow. And also, it just makes me think of Amish Paradise. Yes. All right, there you go. But legitimately, I'm like, this is a mistake. Yeah. Like, not not like, oh my god, this is so bad, it has to have been a mistake. Like, this is an actual mistake. This was like a joke yeah. that someone did, and then it accidentally got like swapped out with the real trailer. Agreed. That's how it feels. Coolio? Why? Why? I, I think my biggest issue is it's like... And this has been kind of my issue from the start and from what I've heard from Inside Sources is like, they don't know whether who to market this movie to. Like, they're just unclear. And it's like, Gangster's Paradise, A, is too dark a song for this kind of thing. Like, uh, I want my, vi- especially a Sonic, like, I want my video game movie to be bright, fun, like, poppy. Like, holy shit, do you know how great this trailer would have been if they used, this is, I'm gonna be a little inside baseball here, but you know what would have been great is if they just used some of the, like, butt rock from Sonic Adventure 2 Battle in this sure. trailer. yeah, of course. I would have turned up, like, if you got some, like, I think, I think the band is called Crush 40. Okay. Because when the guy did the music, he was 40, and he's Great. like, I'm going to crush 40. Nailed it. That was like, why you came up with the name of the band? That's and it's Sonic Adventure to Battle. It's just freaking butt rock. And he's like, follow me. Set me free. Just you and me will escape from the city. I would have turned up hearing that song in a movie theater. That would have been the dopest shit on the planet. I mean, I, I think that, like, their best route would have been finding, and this is, you know, obviously I love her, but like, I think like a Carly Rae Jepsen type, something that yeah. is like insanely over the top pop, like make him seem like a weird character. <laughs> because here's the thing, by Sonic the, way, the Hedgehog he, to this kid. The needle drop 
is literally a real thing. Like, he puts in a cassette tape. Like, Sonic apparently just loves cassette tapes in this movie. Okay. It's, I don't know what you're All right. Um, yeah, it's 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 a yikes. Uh, this is a big yikes. I think that James Marsden... Hey, James Marsden hasn't aged in 20 years. No. It's insane. Uh, the This Is Not My Child line at the end works for me. I think that's funny. Um, Honestly, a meow kind of works for me. Are you annoyed... Yeah, that's funny. Are you annoyed that Robotnik doesn't look like Robotnik until, like, for a brief moment of the trailer? Uh, Take or leave it. Clearly, it's an origin story. Yeah. I'm Whatever. That, like, there's there's so like. much other stuff to get angry about in this trailer than, like, you didn't look like Dr. Robotnik. And I like Ben Schwartz, by the way, the guy who's yeah, voicing. Yeah. I think that's a good fit. Like, I think yeah. it works. But... And I like, I like Jim Carrey. Like, all right. Like, okay. It's just... Something about this, it's interesting that this is coming out kind of, or the, this trailer is coming out around the same time that Detective Pikachu, sure, the movie, yeah. is coming out. Because, it, because Detective Pikachu is clearly marketing towards our generation. It's like not a kid's movie. Right. And it just, like, it's weird. And from the, from the Rotten Tomatoes reviews and stuff that I've been seeing, it's like, yeah, if you're like not a big Pokemon person, this is going to be a little, this is going to be a little inside baseball for you, which honestly, like, I'm fine with. way to go. I'm fine with it. It it's, means a big first week box office and a huge dip off the second week, but whatever. It'll make a lot of money. Yeah. You know? It's going to make a lot of money. It'll probably be a decent film. I'm, I personally am excited for it. Like I'm here for it, yeah, but this Sonic movie is kind of like, we're trying to do the Sonic thing, but we're also kind of trying to do the four quadrant thing. And it's like, if you're going to do it, just commit. If, just commit. If there's one reason we can take from this, if there's one lesson we can take from this, it's like, just go for it. Like Agreed. either do it or don't either do your like animated CGI Sonic motion picture or do like, a full-on, like, origin story where somebody who doesn't even know what Sonic is would be able to get into it. Agreed. And personally, I think you should go the full animated motion picture route, but that's just me. So, I can't believe this is a live-action movie. This is so dumb. It's so dumb! It's dumb. And the internet got mad about it for reasons that mostly involve how Sonic looked, but they should have gotten mad about a hundred other reasons. Totally! And it's so batshit to me that the director's like, all right, we hear you, internet, we'll change it. Like, no! There's only so much you can do. One, there's only so much you can do. Two, stand by what you made. Like, at least make it seem like you care. Agreed. Right? Like, at least make it seem like you made those decisions for a reason. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, yep, we'll change it. And that just makes me think of, like, how many, like, character designers and board artists and, like, riggers and things like that looked at what they were doing and were like, guys, this isn't it. Like, this ain't it. I've seen it and this ain't it. And then they were like, oh, this is what we want. And now they all have to work overtime, and there's it's, just nothing they can do. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's it's it's, it's a it's uh, a nightmare. I don't at this like just stick with it. Like if you commit. did it, just commit to the bit. It's not like it you would be off got your brand. Press. You already got your press. Totally, and it's not like it would be off brand for there to be a horrible Sonic thing. This was not on brand. All the Sonic for- games are bad. Also, not off brand for Paramount, who have no! not made a good movie in a long time. Oh so, my god. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we yelled about that. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> what a mess. Oh my god, I feel so terrible. It's not a broken franchise. I don't understand why this franchise is so fraught. The games, the 
The whole premise of the game is that they basically play themselves. Right. I have to talk to CJ while he checks on our pizza that he bought for us because he's a good co-host and knows that we'll need food at some point. Ah, you're fine. Uh, I sold you out. You meant for me to talk over it so that people didn't know that that's what you were doing. That was what was the goal, but it's that okay. was the, hey, you know what? We're all about transparency on Trailer Trash. We're that's not here. True. We're not here to jerk you around. We're not here to. And you know what? I feel like given that we get as drunk as we get, people would be happy to know that we're eating something. I I would hope so. Yeah. I, I need some food. So. Me too. Yeah. Ray for some rapid fire. Okay. Skin. This is the new A twenty four joint. You always make me talk about race on this podcast. I do. It's the only thing I want. Is uh, this like... Oh. We're going to cancel this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we will get canceled. Oh, the, the poor skinheads, they got problems. Well, just the one skinhead, really. Is it? But he's got like a girlfriend and kids But and she stuff. doesn't seem like she... She's getting a tattoo. She's there. She's, she's in it. This is unclear to me. The way I interpreted the trailer was that Jamie Bell is at a rally of some kind in which she performs, and then they turn on her because they throw something at her. What? Yeah, they throw something at her. Like, she's not like a... Or something happens where there's a small, like, right? They throw people something at the people on the stage. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I don't okay. know. This oh, trailer's already gone. Oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they throw something at I, I kind of turned off at, like, oh, skinheads have... Problem. Well, he seems like he he is he has a redemption arc. That's the whole. That's the whole. Well, thing. that's the idea. But here's the thing. Great. Is this the moment we want to be like? Great question. Feel bad for them. Again, we can ask A24. Ask A24. I don't know. It's just like, are these really the stories that need to be told right now? I don't know. I don't uh, know either. I'm drunk. I... You brought me here. You brought us to this place, CJ, and now we have to talk about race. You're not wrong. You did this. Yeah, he's like a neo-Nazi skinhead. Lots of tattoos. And she's like, don't do that. And he's like, maybe I won't. And but that's she the gets a tattoo in the movie, too. But I, I don't think it's a racist tattoo. I think it's just, they just are talking about tattoos, right? Well, it's called skin, which kind of has implications both ways. Because like, it's like skin, like TV show. correct? Skin like race, uh, but also skin like tattoos go yeah. on skin. Do you have any tattoos? I have no tattoos. Uh, Twenty-seven I, is the year that I will be getting some tattoos. Yeah, yeah. you should. I'll come I'll with you. It's fun. I'll hook you up with my my gal Jody who I'm did a, my I, tattoo. I will be at some point soliciting artists. Yeah, artists. Jody. Uh, already, yo, already anybody me. listening in LA? I cannot shout out. Jody Dauber at the Dolorosa Tattoo Company in Studio City enough. She absolutely kicked ass on my tattoo and is an amazing lady with reasonable rates. There you go. A++++. If you're looking for someone to do kind of like a, like, modern, American, yeah. traditional, like, bright colors type tattoo, absolutely. She was the shit. I couldn't have asked for a better experience. There you go. But yeah. Big endorsement. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know who I'll do my tattoo yet, but... Uh, I have several ideas. What are your ideas? 
Because I don't want to talk about race, I'd rather talk about your tattoo ideas. I did uh, skin the A24 movie was going to turn into this. Um, I would like to get uh, a sketch of the, the house that I lived in in Orange. Aww, um, that's nice. It was built, it's the oldest residential house in Orange, so it's got some, some character and definition to I've, it. I have partied in that house. You have. Uh, uh-huh. There There is uh, there is a picture taken from the 1800s, or the early 1900s one, too, uh, that I would like someone to figure out a way to that's nice. That's cool. Um, but I wanted to like give myself some distance from living in that place, right? Before I do it, just uh, to make sure everything doesn't just go to shit. To the well, point I didn't want to like live it. there, and then also get, that seemed tacky. That's right? like, like wearing what's the band. This? That's like wearing the band T-shirt two seats. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it. So. It's my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you seeing what you're what I'm living in here? Well, this is why my my tattoo. I have a lemon which is for my grandma. But the reason why I got a lemon for my grandma is because my grandma and I have the same name. Oh, okay. Because I'm Kate and she was Katie. Right. And I don't want to be like, just in case I forget. You know what I mean? Right. So I totally feel it. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. Yeah, so that's the big thing. Um, I like there's that. some stiff piano chords that I've had transcribed into actual sheet music from LC Sound System that I think I might get around Ooh, the leg. So I have that's a couple nice. things. I think that might be the first one because it would be black and white and it would be easy. Yeah. Um, and I've done it before. So. Honestly, ever like it depends heavily on what artist you have and where you get it of on course. your body. Of but that's people that's talk about like. Oh my god, like so painful. But I have I have mine on my arm and it was like it was totally Well bad. that's the thing and, and and not to bring you back to the trailer, heaven forbid, but like I do <laughs> genuinely think about like, you know, in the trailer Jamie Bell has like face tattoos like in not just face tattoos, insane face tattoos. Like yeah. stuff that like is going under the skull and everyone says when you hit bone, that's that it, sucks. Sucks. And it's like there's not a lot going on here. Like no, it's mostly face tattoos suck. bone on face your tattoos fucking suck. forehead. So you've got it, a huge arrow and like bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. In addition to having a tattoo, I've also watched a lot of Ink Master. Oh, okay. And so it's like anything like rib cage is super tough. Right, yeah. Um, like face, like a lot of tattoo artists, especially if it's your first face tattoo, they won't they won't do it. Right. Yeah. Because they're just like, I don't wanna like don't ruin deal your with it. Right. Yeah, that whole thing. But, yeah, um, I. Uh, it's no, a prison thing. It's a thing I've thought about frequently, believe it or not. Well, yeah, get, a, get, look, a, get a face tattoo of our of our podcast. So we probably won't do that. Get my face on your face. One hundred percent will not do that. Aww. Yeah. If we do this for fifteen years, I'll do that. Okay. Okay. It's on mic. Right. Just saying. Someone can send it to us. How, how old will I be? I'll be I'll be fifty. <laughs> no, I'll be forty. Forty. I'll be yeah. forty. I'll be 42. See? Yeah. You know. No, no regrets. Period. 15 years, okay. you'll get my face on your face. Great. Just going like, um, just making a little happy face. Ooh, and then you'll look in the mirror every morning and you'll be like, oh, there's Kate. Speaking of faces, let's talk about Judy starring Renee Zellweger. <laughs> she doesn't look like her. No, of course not. Doesn't... Oh, wait, you mean Renee Zellweger doesn't look like Renee Zellweger? That too, but she also doesn't look like Judy Garland, and yeah, she also she... doesn't sound like Judy Garland. Yeah, that was one. That was my biggest note of this trailer: is that she doesn't sound it. She, her voice is too low to be. No. Judy Garland, if anything, just use like, especially for the trailer, just use the original recordings. Like that would have made it work. Well, but okay, but she was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, for what? Chicago. Chicago. Oh, right, over yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, well, and also, I, I would imagine Judy Garland got an Oscar nomination too, right? Probably. Who, who were you upset about getting an Oscar nomination? 
Oh, I don't know. Was I upset? Yeah, you seemed like you were, ah. Oh, I thought you meant she got an Oscar nomination for this movie, no, which is not out yet. No, 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 no. I just mean, that like. That was it, where it, the confusion it, it, no, was No, no, no. I just mean it makes sense from a production right. standpoint why you would have her sing those songs. Totally. Renelle Zellweger can. What was that? Renelle Zellweger. You nailed it. Renelle Zellweger can sing, but in Chicago, she's not trying to do an impression. Of course She's not. just singing. Of course not. Judy Garland has one of the most iconic voices of all time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, like, you just can't, like, to a degree, it almost makes me think of, um, a fucking Queen movie. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Bonnie that Nine. one. Yeah. Where it's like, it's almost just like, just like he was the... Because the point is the performance. Is the point that Renee Zellweger can do a great Judy Garland impression? But here's the thing. Is like, it's not like she looks a ton like Judy Garland. In the older years, a little bit. A little bit. She looks more like her than she sounds like well, her, but Renee that's Zell- still not saying Renee a lot. Renee Zellweger, again, I can't stress enough, doesn't look Renelle like anyone. Zellweger. Renelle Zellweger. Yes. Uh, it's hitting, we're hitting some stuff at the back end of that getting... name that I don't like. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't promise you enough. She doesn't even look like Renee Zellweger. Like you know what I mean. Like yeah. like, she, uh, and I, and again, I feel bad. We talked about this on previous pod. Like yes, we have. I, I, I don't I don't want to to put this on her. Like I I feel badly that she doesn't look like herself, and that Hollywood pressured her into having some fake. Well, maybe she didn't. I watched a very excellent documentary that was at the Newport Beach Film Festival about plastic surgery and okay. about how people do it because they it just makes them feel more comfortable in their own skin which you know what 100% like what's the difference between like getting a nose job and getting braces and I, and, and and also I would like to again I, I, I know I mentioned earlier on this pod that I want us to get cancelled but I don't actually want that uh, I, I don't think that like necessarily like reconstruction and, and plastic surgery are a bad thing right I, I just think that like Renell Zellweger's important careful with imp- the end of it yeah intent to transform her body and her physical transformation mostly her face her face is not the point the point is that she just doesn't look or sound like Judy Garland either that or like Renee Zellweger like you know no Renee Zellweger was in Chicago Renell Zellweger uh, oh so you're you're positing a world they're where she's a totally just different person become a different she's person. severed understand yes we've we've tethered it uh Renel- yeah. okay Renee Zellweger uh, King Kong. Yeah. No, that was Nicole Kidman. That's Nicole Kidman. Uh, no, that's Naomi Watts. Yep. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other Australian. Yes. <laughs> Renee Zellweger, Chicago. Renelle Zellweger is Judy. In that Netflix show. Yeah, uh, and, and and Dead to Me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this... Uh, beyond that, it feels a little bit like The Aviator in terms of tone. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, it, it, it's I like Judy similar... Garland. Judy Garland has been... I love that been... she did coke. I love that she was just fucked up all the time. She and was I lo- fucked up all the I time. I love the fact that she was a part of the Rat Pack. Those are my favorite things. And I yes. know that some of those are problematic things and she was probably terrible to other people, including probably, uh, what's her name from Cabaret? But, al- but also... Nobody has been just like chewed up and spit out by this industry more, more than Judy, Judy Garland. Garland. And when I I work in Hollywood, when I was being healthful, I would go on afternoon jogs through the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and I would jog by Judy Garland's grave every day. And it, spit on it and, and take it, a piss. No, and yeah, it made me sad because she just like. <laughs> 
she she's just such a symbol of of hope and happiness for so many people like in the queer community the, the in the queer community the, there's a saying like a good judy is like a person who like gets you and understands you and is okay with you because judy garland you know what i mean yeah, no, I like and it's just she's done so much good for people and the world did so horribly to her and i don't want her to have a horrible movie about her that makes me sad my last note would be that somewhere of the rainbow was used better in the godzilla trailer than this it okay. is it's yeah. true which uh, is very ironic <laughs> Last we should talk about is I Am Mother, which I think both took both you and I a little bit uh, by surprise. Cool. Looks cool. Cool sci-fi premise. Uh, I'll posit a question to you right now. Is Hillary Swank hot? Which one's Hillary Swank? Uh, the older. Older one? Yeah. yeah. This is like the office debate, no? What? There's an episode of The Office where they infamously debate whether or not Hillary Swank is hot. And yeah. Kevin is very on the side of, of course you would bang Hillary Swank. And many other I mean, people like, are, no. I would bang Hillary Swank, but she's, she's not. Famous. Because she's famous, right. not because she's, like, hot. We're going to watch the episode when we're done with this. Okay. Uh, I love the episode. I don't looks, know. Hillary Swank? I don't know. Let me look up some. Let me, let me get some. some you, you tell us what this movie's about. I'll look up some visual aids. I will do that. Uh, this is uh, a high concept sci-fi film, I would it say. Is. Uh, premiered at Sundance uh, and is now out there in the world and going to be premiering on Netflix. Mm. Uh, These pictures are not flattering. You, well, that's hence why an entire episode of television was devoted to whether or not she was attractive. But um, she's not not attractive. She just looks. You know what? She just looks like a normal lady. I love that Kate is actively, she's acting out the episode of the Office. I don't think she's seen. <laughs> I've definitely seen mic. it. It's just not immediately coming to mind. We'll discuss it. This movie's actually out tomorrow as you're listening to this pod. Oh, out. cool. Um, and I don't know. My kind of instant take is that it gives a little bit too much away. A little bit of the- Oh, uh, she's the, so active. I mean, her body's insane, but I mean, yeah. that's all, all Hollywood people's that's bodies are insane. kind of all you insane. need, right? We talked off Bumping mic up. earlier about how Seth Brogan is now very fuckable. Like, right? his body's insane. You can't sell... We've talked about it on pod, too. Right. You yeah. can't sell Seth Brogan as unfuckable anymore. Correct. He's too fuckable. Every, every person you're seeing in a major motion picture role is fuckable. Yes. In that sense. Correct. Um, except for the hunchback in 300 who nobody would fuck except Correct. Me. Except that motherfucker. Come on the pot. Uh, Rose Byrne is the voice of the initial of mother, which, uh, the, 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 yeah, the basic premise is that there's a young girl who has been uh, created out of nothing, I believe. Uh, they got like test tube babies. Test tube baby, but only one. And no, they have a bunch. Well, she says, why am I the only one at one point in this trailer? Well, that's the question that we're asking. Correct. And it's a young girl who has grown up and her only kind of like worldview has been shaped and dictated by a character called Mother, who is a robot. Who is a robot. Uh, and then another character comes in. A human being. A human being, and that is played by... Hilary Swank. Swank. Who might be hot, might not be hot. And uh, this reminded me a little bit of Moon, if you ever yeah. saw that. Uh, the Sam Rockwell movie. Uh, has... Reminded me of 10 Cloverfield Lane. There's definitely a little bit of that too. Which De a lot is, of insulated world, right? external world. Which is in. kind of like <laughs> like True Blood, where everything kind of reminds me of True Blood. Like it all comes back to True Blood eventually. Mm -hmm. But this dynamic of like you said there was nothing outside, but Correct. like there is, oh, and okay, she's like, yeah. I said that to protect you, and she's like, but did you? And Hillary Swank's like, no, she didn't. And then Mother oh, Robot no, she didn't. is like, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, we talked about Laquisha in the last episode. Oh, the, yeah, you're correct. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. This seems cool. It's on it looks Netflix. really cool. I, this I, looks very cool. I, I, yeah, I think that this is the kind of thing that seems low-budget, high-concept sci-fi that I normally am very attracted to. Me so. too. Like, fucking 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> also brought up on the last pod. I, yeah! I, I don't think I necessarily care that, like, the robot stuff looks bad. Does it look l- bad? It looks kind of low rent. Does it? Bit. I didn't think so. The outside stuff looks when, when there are a lot of them or the tank, oh, that I mean, stuff looks kind yeah, of Yeah. The actual like, robot itself looks pretty good. But, yeah. Um, I didn't have a problem with, I, I did not have a problem with how any of this looked. Right. I Because I think that for the most part the movie is focused on the stuff that's right. probably practical. Nor do I have a problem with how Hilary Swank looks. Oh, again, a, a concept that we should discuss more on network television. Like if NBC. you've got the body, that's kind of all you need. She just looks like a well, normal she had woman. The bo- well, she had the body during, uh, you know, Million Dollar Baby, which she won an Oscar for. Uh, and now... Well, she has two Oscars, right? So we had our Million Dollar Baby, and now we have our Million Dollar Robot Mother. Nice. Crush so that. This is a sequel. Nailed it. Crushing it. Uh, what do you got in early June? Television. We're great. Well, Watch things are television. Slowing, well, things are slowing down probably around. Things are point. slowing down a little bit in TV. A lot of the like last couple things that we've been excited about have been coming out. And so now summer is historically a dead zone for new shit in television, especially historically, because... Historically, but less so the past several years. Less so the past several years, but like Game of Thrones is already going to be over... Like, is there a new season of Westworld this year? I don't think so. Nope, that's another one that we should have mentioned that alongside Silicon Valley gets buried next year. Yeah. Yeah. There so, are a couple of those HBO ones. Me. I don't know. Watch TV. Lots of great stuff going on on TV. Fuck it. I'm going to plug Tuca and Birdie again. Tuca and Birdie fucking slaps. Mm. Everyone should watch it. It was so good. I gotta watch it. 100%. It is. I love it. On my summer hit list. Absolutely. It is very, 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 very good. If nothing else is good on right now as you're listening to this, which is likely, watch Chuka and Birdie because it is super funny and super great. Nice. Uh, Music. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen will be out. Yeah, Aya's Review is probably probably up on the site right now. Um, I tried to listen to her new single at work to make me feel better and my office Wi-Fi is so shitty. Which, uh... The the new the the one that came out on Friday um, the yeah, the yeah. steamy sensual one over a pop beat yeah that's fine I I like Julian that's that's the single of that stuff that I like well they um, here's the thing she's had like six singles from this album at what point is it like not a single anymore no uh yeah she I think notoriously has pretty bad management but don't know how to do any of the rollout oh no Uh, and I think that the fact that emotion caught on the way that it did is literally a strike of lightning so um yeah they're just gonna throw a bunch of shit at the wall and hopefully the album's okay that's why I've kind of lost a little bit of faith in it um but you can read Aya's take yeah. Uh, up on the site. I liked the 30 seconds that I heard before my office internet crapped out. Yeah, that's all right. I have uh, a feeling about music. You have a feeling. I got a feeling. Woo-hoo. The last time I listened to music was in 2003. Nailed it. Tonight's gonna be... That definitely was That was like 2013. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I have a Black feeling. Eyed Peas, I've Got a Feeling, was not 2013. 100% not. That was the year... That, that was that... fucking Elefunk, wasn't it? No, I think that's later. I got a feeling. 
No, no that was Elephant, maybe. Yeah. Oh my god, did I know a music? Maybe. I'm gonna look it up. I'm trying to think. The last time I considered them relevant was during the, uh, yeah, I got a feeling. Was it? No, that was I... that was when we, I was in high school, so that was later than that. Well, when you were in high school. I was not 2003, and I can promise you that. But I'm gonna start while you look that up, uh, telling I you to listen to. I got a feeling. Song by the Black Eyed Peas. Was in 2008. 2009. 2009. There we go. So we split the difference. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, they performed the Super Bowl for that one in 2011, I think. So yes. that's where my mind. Well, and they did what they should have done, which is play the hits. That's what people want to hear. It's one of it. It is not one of. It is the worst Super Bowl performance of all time. Really, worse than this. Worse than this year. Who was this year? Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah, it was worse than that. Yeah, it was Maroon Five this year, and yes, it was. Yeah, worse. Maroon Five. Yeah, worse than, of course. Mm. Maroon Five songs about Jane, one of the best records of the two thousands. That makes Daniel. me happy to hear you say that because so I also like that record. Slaps a lot. Uh, bought it. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, follow us on all the social medias. At, at Trailer Trashed Pod on Instagram, at T Trash Pod on Twitter. I'm not gonna pretend I know. That's okay. Yeah. Please give us money on Patreon. Mm-hmm. If us destroying our livers and dying an early death is worth even one dollar a month to you, give us a dollar. Yeah. If you like that Sonic rant, give us a buck. Yeah, give yeah. us a buck. If you like anything we've ever done, give us a buck. That's like not even a cup of coffee. There's literally nowhere in LA you can get a cup of coffee for one dollar. Correct. Correct. Not even at McDonald's, I don't think, you can get a coffee for, like, $1 flat. Like, $1.00. I think you're correct. I'm correct. So give it to us. You can't get anything else with it. Yeah. That's all I got. Cool. That's all the stuff. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye!